We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, El Monte. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, El Monte. All right, so you all there? Second Peter chapter 1. All right, the book of Second Peter is only about three chapters long, uh, so you can read it real fast when you go home today. Um, this is where I was at in my devotions, and, and it was really I was really praying about what to share. A real some difficult things in there, but um, some really heavy things that Peter shares here in this short letter. Manny had shared, uh, I think it was last Sunday on on chapter three on the coming of the Lord, and that was our theme in the men's retreat. But we are going to be going over the first eleven verses in, in chapter one which is really the starting point of what Peter's trying to get across to the believers he's writing to. And I pray that it applies to us as well. Peter mentions in, in this first chapter that he doesn't have much more time on this earth. So he's probably going to share some things that are very important to him and to the people that he cares for too. So just putting myself in that situation, you know, like that, not having long to live, whether it be by illness, whatever the case may be, you know, I'm not going to hold my words back, right? I'm going to be very honest. I'm going to be very truthful, and I'm going to be uh, um, very direct, not holding any punches. That's what Peter does here. So uh, as we read, you know, just meditate on that, and ultimately these are the words of God. But just thinking about Peter's situation here really hit home for me. And so let's let's all uh, um, get into it, right? You guys ready? Verses 1 through 4, let's, let's read those. It says, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given us all things, that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Through lust. Uh, just thinking about Peter's life um, and how we can relate to him. You guys can relate to Peter? How many of you fall asleep when you pray? We fall asleep when you pray. Peter did that. Um, really a, kind of like a normal guy. You know, how many of you guys are, are as bold as lions at points? And sometimes you just slink away and hide and not really want to represent the Lord. Peter was like that too. How about speaking or acting before you uh, listen? Anyway, how we need to be listeners and, and how Peter was like that. I think of just kind of like a normal guy. But he had the honor of walking and talking with Jesus, our Savior. In verse 1, Peter declares himself a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Most of you know what a bondservant is, right? It's more or less a slave. Uh, doulos in the Greek, a metaphor to that is one who gives himself up to another's will. Uh, those whose service is used by Christ in extending and advancing his cause, his cause among men. You know, I think that I think of that Old Testament example in the book of Deuteronomy where it talks about slavery and the law of slavery. You know, it talks about how slaves back then, after six years of being a servant, the seventh year they had the option of, of what? Going free, right? Of going free. They had the choice. Assuming that their master was good, you know, providing for his servants, treated them well. And it would be kind of tough 
because there was some security, you know, with their master. But if they chose to stay, uh, what would happen? You guys know? They would, they would pierce their ear, they take them to their doorpost, and they would use like a, a wooden spike and all and mark their ear. And more or less saying that, you know, I'm yours, master. Um, not, not for another six years, not for seven, but for the, forever. You would serve your master forever. And only because he loved his master and he prospered with his master, it made sense to stay and serve his master there forever. He did not want to go out and face the world by himself. Uh, I'm sure that's the way he, he felt safe there. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you know, we should all that, that have that desire to be like Peter, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. You know, is that your heart today, to be a bondservant, a slave of Jesus Christ? You know, it's, who says it's tough, though? Amen, to, be, to it being tough, to being a slave of Christ. Um, but, you know, giving up all your needs, your wants, you know, all those things, to fully give your life as an instrument, as an instrument to God, you know, but it's, it's an opportunity. What an awesome opportunity it is to give your life to serve the Lord. You know, just to, to be used by the master of the universe, you know, his creation, to be set apart for him. You know, he also calls himself an apostle, which means that he walked and talked with Jesus, was more or less trained by him uh, during his ministry here on earth, was an eyewitness to the events that he did, uh, the events of Jesus Christ, and... You know, what an experience to be to be an apostle, to see all those things and to walk in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, you know, alongside him, you know, um, how Peter did that. And you would think Peter would be kind of somewhat boastful in that aspect, you know, being able to, to say, hey, I saw all these things, you know, maybe elevate himself over us or his readers, you know, but he knows better. You know, if you read the last half of verse 1, it says, guys, there, the last half of verse 1, it says, to those who have obtained like precious faith, with us by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. That phrase there, like precious faith, uh, you think precious has, you know, has like a meaning today, but it has a definition of being equal to or the same. Uh, the English Standard Version of verse uh, 1 right there says, To those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. That's pretty cool, huh? It's all equal there. Uh, Warren Risby said this about verse 1. He says, Peter called it like precious faith. It means that our standing with the Lord today is the same as that of the apostles centuries ago. They had no special advantage over us simply because they were privileged to walk with Christ, see him with their own eyes, and share in his miracles. It is not necessary to see the Lord with our human eyes in order to love him, to trust him, and to share his glory. All the same. You know, that, that precious faith we have. We are all at an equal playing field. It talks about, uh, you know, that, a precious faith. I remember reading this devotional with my kids, and it was talking about the armor of God, and it, taught, it was sharing that chapter had to do with the shield of faith. And one thing that stood out to me was that it mentioned that there was a, no one, is, no one was born with a natural ability to, to have faith. No one was born with it, like a miraculous, hey, this guy has faith here. You know, no one was born like that. You know, you know, unlike sports where you see where you see kids. You know, I I was playing basketball at the men's retreat with these kids, man. And these guys just had natural ability to play sports. You know, you have seen that, right? High school sports and all that junk. It's just crazy how they're gifted. But the, these uh, uh, right here, it's totally different with faith. You know, no one can. No, not that we can't grow. We can grow in our faith, 
but uh, we are all equal because of the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, we can get to know him personally, just like Peter, you know, a personal God. We can do that. We can get to know him just like the people closest to us, but it's all a desire. I forget who, I think it was J. Vernon McGee. So you can get to know Jesus just like the person you sit next to, just like your wife. You can get to know him just like that. Just because you just don't see him doesn't mean you can't develop that relationship with him. You know, J. Vernon McGee talks, right? Just real blunt, but really, really, really clear on how we can do that if you want to, it being a desire. If you want to get to know him personally, um, it's a choice. You can, you can choose to keep him afar off, but you have a choice to, to, get to, close, to get close to him. In the book of James, it talks about how if you choose to draw near to God, what will he, what will he do? He will draw close to you, draw near to you. God is just uh, waiting there. There's a guarantee. It doesn't say that he will think about it or maybe he might draw close to you. It says that he will draw near to you. We, we will talk about this more, uh, kind of like a fundamental truth in Christianity today. You know, it's our choice. It's our choice to react to the love that God has shown us through his son, Jesus Christ. You know, as we go down these verses here, he gives us so much, so much uh, in his word. And in verse 2, the first word in verse 2, what is the first thing he shows us? Grace. That's a wonderful word, right? Grace. Undeserved favor. God in his mercy does not give us what we deserve. God in his grace gives us what we don't deserve. Why? Because we're good people? Because we read his word? No, right? All because of who? Jesus, right? Because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's the only way you know, we are only shown grace because of Jesus Christ only. When you look at the benefit that we have as believers, you know, I, I think, wow, Jesus died for me. Jesus died for this sinner here. And you guys are sinners too, right? Died for you too. He died for you specifically. You know, I have, we have eternal life by his grace, eternal life. All my sins, all our sins, past, present, and future, if you know Jesus, are washed away by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. You know, I always think of the book of Exodus, you know, when I think of the lamb, uh, the blood of the lamb, I think of the, how the Israelites, you know, how when they were freed from Egypt. A few examples here I'm going to give. You guys remember the, the last plague, right, the death of the firstborn and how um, the Lord was going to kill every firstborn of every household in the land of Egypt and how he gave them instructions. The Israelites gave them instructions of the Passover and how they were to sacrifice the spotless lamb without blemish. They would kill it. And do all these things with the meat and stuff. And but what was the most important part of the lamb? The blood, right? The blood of the lamb. And they were to sacrifice the spotless lamb without blemish. And and they would. Uh, the Lord gave them instruction to use the blood. And where would they put it? On the door, right? On the lintel and the, and the doorpost, the sides of their homes. On the day that when the Lord would go through every home, when He saw the blood of the, the spotless lamb on that door, what would He do? He would pass over, right? pass over it that house would not see death very simple example with us but one day when the lord looks into our homes into our souls what's the one thing he'll be looking for the blood of jesus right it's the only thing he'll be looking for the blood of jesus you know and when you when you get that deep in your heart where you will not taste death you know but will have life and that more abundantly you will have peace in your life that surpasses understanding you know you cannot you cannot have peace without grace correct Without the, God's grace, you will not have peace. And, and they're not interchangeable. You can't have peace without grace. You know, I think the word peace, and it's kind of, kind of hard to understand for me. 
you know, sometimes. But this one uh, uh, older man kind of gave me this example. You know, first you have worldly peace, right? The peace of having like a, like a good job or, or good health, you know, all those types of things. Um, but what happens to those things? Do those last forever? You know, they can go away tomorrow, right? We all just listening to the things that, that happen to people. They get sick, you know, cancer, all those things, you know, could be gone. But then there is the, the peace that God gives us, right? The peace of eternal life, the peace that we have as a, a place in heaven. You know, all those things, what are those? Do those go away? You know, those are permanent, right? That's permanent peace. Big difference between worldly peace and, and, and God's peace. You know, it's the, world peace, the world's peace is temporary, and God's peace is eternal. You know, very, very, very clear there. You know, the peace of eternal life, all those things, you know, it's only because we have a God that never changes, right? Never goes back on his word, is, is always there, and his word never comes back void. Peter not only wanted us to have grace and peace, but, what, but he wants our grace and peace to be what? It's in verse 2, to be multiplied. To be multiplied. Um, the NIV uh, translation says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Savior Jesus Christ. The key there is that it will be multiplied only, only, everyone say only, only in the knowledge of God. Only in the knowledge of God. The word knowledge there isn't just to, to know him, but in the Greek it's almost like a super a super knowledge of him. Uh, the Greek word uh, comes like from that word conosco. You guys know any Mexicans here, right? Mexicans here, conosco. But it's epiconosis. And to become thoroughly acquainted with, to know accurately, to say, I know who God is. Um, the better we know God, the more we experience his grace, the more it's visible to us, right? When we know God and see how he is and see how he's overlooked all the things we've done in our life and we we get a better grasp, a bigger grasp on grace and peace. You know, as we walk and, and trust, multiplication will take place in our lives. We will grow in those areas. We are always, you know, giving that to you, pounding that into the diff- different ministries, right, where, you know, even from this pulpit, you need to develop a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Who's heard that here? Every hand better be up. You guys have all heard that here, right? You need to develop a relationship with Jesus Christ need to it all starts there the word of god is available you you can talk to to god whenever you like bible studies men's women's studies marriage studies kids stuff kids events Uh, the holy spirit lives inside of you 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 have all those tools that you need all these things are available for you to grow in the knowledge of god and his son jesus christ william mcdonald said uh, says this about grace and peace it says we do better by dwelling in the secret place of, of the Most High than by making occasional visits there. Those who live in the sanctuary rather than the suburbs find the secret of God's grace and peace. We, we can't be in, a, be in a non-meaningful relationship with God and expect to be on firm ground in our faith. You know, uh, a quick example, you know, uh, you guys remember it was like super hot like the last, about three weeks back. And our, our RAC went out. This is nuts, right? So we're all hot, sweating, and I was trying to fix it. And um, I think it was my brother and my sister there. I called, call your cousin Tony. He's an AC guy. But I didn't talk to him in forever, you know. So you guys feel funny doing that, calling someone when just you need something. So I didn't feel cool about doing that. But 
it's kind of like an example with God, right? You, you, you need to have the relationship to, to react, to react and be able to, to get on your knees and call on the Lord. You know, when you, when you plug God into that situation, you know, it's totally different, right? God's always there when you need him. But I just felt so funny calling him just because I needed something, even though I hadn't talked to him in ages. You know, there wasn't a relationship. There wasn't a constant conversation and fellowship with him. So just, just like with our relationship with God, you know, we need to have that and develop that. And, but only to, to grow in, in our walks with him. You know, it, it's just an example there, but it's, it's definitely something that we should take away and just develop in a relationship with him. You know, it's an important and constant. It should be constant, and, and you have a regular, intimate relation with the Lord. You know, when these things happen in your life, when things happen in your life, you know, will you know where to go? You know, no hesitation. You know, go to the Lord, and you will grow in knowing his grace and peace that he has for you. You know, it's always a challenge, right, when things come up in your life to, to pick up the phone and call people and, and and even call your pastor, you know, even though he probably pointed to the Lord when he, after, right? But it's always our first reaction to, to get on your knees and to call in the name of the Lord and, and hear from him first. Um, verse 3. Let's read that again. It says, And his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. This, this is like the verse of Second of Peter. Uh, and his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. The NLT says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we, we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Through his divine power, he created everything on this earth, sun, moon, and stars, and with his divine power, he holds everything in his place, in its place. That same divine power, he has given us all things. When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are born again. You are complete. Sec- uh, um, Colossians 2.10 says, And you are complete in him who is head of all principality and power. Anything that this life brings to you, you have the tools to walk in godliness. You know, I was trying to think of how to, uh, a good way to explain this, but I, mean, I really couldn't. But all, it all comes down to the knowledge of him who gave you life. Getting to know him who gave you life. You know, and in verse 3, that word knowledge comes up again, that, that super knowledge of him, of our Lord. When you give your life to him, what happens? Who takes residence inside of you? The Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit comes inside of you. And that power from on high that Jesus told the disciples to to wait for is the same power today. The Comforter dwells inside of you. God, God in us, correct? God in us. He has given us all things. Don't you think God will provide for you? God will provide for us, right? Romans 8.32 and Psalm 84.11 talk about that. Psalm 84.11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. When I, when I, what first came to mind when I thought about God providing things, you know, I again thought about the, the children of Israel and how they were in bondage by the, by the Egyptians, slaves to them, and God raised up a man. Who was that man? 
Moses. By his power, God used Moses. All those amazing miracles that took place and freed them from the hand of Pharaoh. But the Lord freed them, and after he freed them, who took care of them? He did, right? God took care of them. God took care of them. He provided water for them. He provided food. He led them by, by cloud, by day, and a pillar of fire by night. Then I started thinking about our lives. Who gave us life? God gave us life. We are his sons and daughters. We are husbands and wives. And I started thinking about all the things that us families go through. You know, the responsibilities of dads, the everything that moms do in the homes. Started to think about how we were bondage, held in bondage once, and how he sent someone to free us. Who did he send? Jesus to free us. And now he leads us by the Holy Spirit. But I mean, it's always silly for me sometimes when I don't know where to go when life happens, when things go wrong. You know, when you have AC problems, who do you call? AC guy. When you have car problems, who do you call? Mechanic. When you got life problems, who do you go to? Creator of life, right? The one who gives you life. The one who holds your life in his hand, right? Simple, but I'm like a knucklehead over here trying to do things on my own. But but as we go to him, guys, you know, um, as we do that, as we go to him, get to know him, we will become more like him. Do you want to be be more like God? Have those godly qualities. Have those that that heart that he has to speak like him, to give people those words of comfort, to to care like him. You know that's where godliness comes from. We will reflect him. We will reflect uh, him to this world. We're all called to be as followers of Jesus Christ to be a reflection of him, to mirror him. Um, Mirror him to everyone who comes in our path. Again, you know, how do we get to know God and and find out what he's like? Reading his word. Very simple. Read his book. It, It doesn't come from up here. It doesn't come from up here, but it comes from the Bible. Sometimes people get caught up into thinking that God is whatever they might think he might be. You know, these things, they use their brains to get closer to God. You know, big mistake. You know, you, you share with people that just things from the Bible, who, what God's like, that he's jealous, right? People think, jealous? What can God be jealous? But that's how much he loves us, right? And they think, they say, my God's not like that. That's because they're using their brains, right? To, to, to make up a God that, they, that fits them. If I did that, if we did that, how many gods would we come up with? Bunch, Right? there's only one true God, one true God, the God of the Bible. He never changes. He is always the same. And the only way you can get to know him is by digging in his word. Um, All right, verse 4. Let's read verse 4 again. It says, "By um, By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world, through lust. Many promises promises the Bible gives. Many promises. Are they exceedingly great and promised? Are they exceedingly great to you? Yes? Everyone's going like this. You guys are falling asleep? No. They're great. Um, here are a few promises that the Bible gives. Freedom from sin's dominion, Romans 6.14. God's grace is sufficient, 2 Corinthians. They escape when you're tempted, 
Amen to that, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, forgiveness when we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, a response when we call in his name. Those are all promises that the Bible gives us. Psalm 50, verse 15. All these promises help us to live a life in this world of lust, because that's what this world is. Just all pretty much lust, the lust to, to want more things, to have more things, to just me, me, me. All those things the world brings. And we can, we can escape the corruption of this world and become partakers of his divine nature when we are converted and established in a relationship with him. All right, let's move on to verses 5 through 7. You guys with me? Verses 5 through 7, let's read those. It says, But also for this very reason, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. The section uh, in verses 1 through 4 more or less talk about, you know, the knowledge of God, getting to know him. Here in um, the last verses, 5 through 11, it's kind of almost going to talk about just growing, our ability to grow in him. In light of the fact that we have been given all things for life and godliness, and also in light of the fact that we have been given all these promises, we need to be diligent in our walks as Christians. We need to be growing. Need to be growing. Are you growing in your faith? Um, here's, a, here's a physical example. I remember growing in high school. My my brothers are, are all tall guys and big guys, and and they're really good at sports. Played basketball, baseball, and football. No, just basketball and baseball. And I, I'm like four or five years younger than them. And like the coaches were expecting someone like them when I went to high school. But I was like five two and ninety pounds wet and. I did not. Uh, I wasn't what they expected. I was not growing, you know, physically. Uh, I remember the coach's face when they met me. They're like, "Who are you?" And they're like, "What happened to you?" You know, because your brothers are so much different. It still happens today. You know, guys mess around, uh, but it's all right. But just in a physical physical example, how much more is it in our spiritual growth? Are you growing? Am I growing? Am I growing on the inside? You know, as we go through this, as we went through that list there, and we're going to go through it right now again, going through the definitions and stuff, I want you to think about it. And are these qualities in your life? Are these qualities in your life? We're going to go through them pretty fat, real fast, so maybe you can just highlight a few, the ones that you need help in, kind of like a little confession between you and the Lord, right? And then when you guys leave, the ushers will mark down which ones you highlighted. No, just, just kidding. <laughs> Keep you guys accountable. Now, the first word we're going to go over is, uh, is virtue, which means to have a moral go- goodness in your thoughts, feelings, and actions. Uh, John Corson uh, said this about virtue. It says, this means that the darkness of our culture, as portrayed in, on the screen or in print, in song lyrics or in the questionable jokes around the water cooler, have no place in our lives. And we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's not spoil or ruin our temple by letting immoral things in. Um, we just need to be careful, right? What we, come, we'll let, what we let come into our, our, our eyes, in our hearts, in our homes. Uh, but virtue is a really important thing. Uh, after virtue comes knowledge. Uh, there's that, that word knowledge again, but this isn't the same, you know, that, that super knowledge. It's more of just, say, a general intelligence. Uh, 
and an understanding of God. Again, again and again, studying his word, spending time with him, uh, developing your knowledge of the word of God. You know, a few suggestions, maybe coming to more Bible studies, and there's many available throughout the week. Maybe going to Bible college. Ever think of that? Bible college. I need to go there. <laughs> maybe getting involved in teaching the kids, because there's great accountability in teaching the kids. You need to get prepared and study up and and really give out God's word. But there's accountability, and then you grow in the knowledge of all those the all the word of God. All chances and choices, you know, all the things we mentioned, you know, the bulletin, there's a lot of announcements, right? Not just to let you know, but give you an opportunity to, to grow in your knowledge and even ministering to people. Um, and the next is self-control. That's a real, real tough one, self-control. Being a follower of, of Christ, we need to have uh, the dis- this discipline of self-control. Not doing what we want to do, but having that continued discipline, again, to read, to to pray, the, the discipline to put off your fleshly desires. Again, just doing what you want instead of glorifying God with our, uh, instead of glorifying God, you know, with a disciplined lifestyle. Don't think you can't have fun, you know, go to a, <clears throat> a Dodger game or, I'm not sure if you can go to Raider games and still be considered. Uh, but don't let those fun activities take hold of your life and distract you from what's important. Sacrifice uh, yourself to, to be a follower of Christ. You know, those things are all cool. Uh, but don't, don't let that come out as, as a consequence. Um, and you following from the Lord or not, not having him right close next to you. Next is after um, self-control is uh, perseverance. What's another word for perseverance? Anybody know? Almost. What you need to have with kids? Patience. All right. And then they get across. Uh, patience takes work. Uh, perseverance isn't going to happen without trials. Without trials. Nobody enjoys trials, right? Nobody enjoys trials, but we need to enjoy the confidence we have in those trials that God is doing our work, right? God is doing something there. Uh, the ability to endure and not throw in the towel. Very hard thing to do, but we need to know that God is there with us in those trials. Next is is godliness. We kind of already went over that. Uh, having a reverence for and a respect for God, living for Him, reflecting Him. Brotherly kindness, where we get that word Philadelphia from. Love your brothers and sisters. Love for the brethren. First uh, Peter one twenty two says. Since ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. First John 5 talks about this love for the brethren um, as evidence that you are born again. Love for the brethren. Do you love your brothers and sisters in Christ? You know, if this is your home church, not that you don't have other believers in your life, but uh, here are brothers and sisters here that you should be loving. You should be loving each other. Uh, even the ones, um, no, everybody you should love. How, do, how would you do that? How do you do that? You know, we talked about serving, right? All those opportunities to, to serve. Those are ways that you can display love to your fellow brothers and sisters by serving them. Um, you can pray for them after service. Just hang out, get to know each other, pray for each other's needs. Uh, many things out there that we're going, going through, minister to them. Visit them. I guess like people visiting your house unexpectedly. 
that's all right. You just got to be ready, right? But there's there's that 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 chance to to even invite people over to to show them love to do all those things, not just here, you know, outside those doors. Um, love just isn't isn't confined to this building. It, it comes out from our hearts. It comes out. Um, you know, just don't see each other here on Sundays and Thursdays. You know, display that love of Christ to your brothers and sisters. Um, love is the last one. It talks about that agape love, that unconditional love. Uh, without love, you know, all those things will not be possible according to 1 Corinthians 13. All right, let's finish up and we'll read verses 8 through 11. All right, verse 8. It says, For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor fruit, unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly in the, into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, in verse 8, the New Living Translation says, this kind of breaks down a little more clearer. It says, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then IV says this, if you do not possess these qualities, you will be ineffective and unproductive. It's heavy, right? Being unproductive as a Christian. If, if these things are yours, virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, all those things, you will not be barren or unfruitful. Barren in the Greek means to be free from labor, to, to be at leisure, more or less to be what? Lazy. To be lazy. Unfruitful, an example it gives is, is not yielding what it ought to yield. Apple tree bears what? Apples, orange trees, oranges, and we are to be bearing godly fruit. All those fruits there. Am I bearing fruit? Am I yielding what I'm supposed to yield? Are you guys growing? You know, the Lord tells us these things. Um, that if we don't have these qualities and increasing in them, you will not go in your knowledge of me. When you talk to God, spend time with him and all the ways that we've talked about, prayer, reading, all those things, you will become more like him. These qualities, when you do not have these qualities, when I don't have these qualities, guess what? I'm not spending time with him. You know, it's sad to think, but it's, it's the truth, Right? It's the truth. When you spend time with God, you will be more like him. When you're not spending time with God, you will not be like him. And, and just how it also says in verse 9, um, we need to be so careful. Verse 9, it mentions that, that you have forgotten what Christ has done for you and how your sins were cleansed from the blood of the cross. You guys see that, verse 9? And we are to be always in remembrance of what he did for us. You know, communion is that he's given us that institution to for remembrance, right? To always remember what he's done for us. And when you f- forget what he's done for you, you know, 
chances are you will be stumbling through this life. When you remember, you will continue to follow. 1 John 2, verses 9 through 10 say this, as he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. But he who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Verse 10 says, to be sure you're calling election, um, to be sure of your calling election. And, you know, there's always security and, and I'm not sure if you guys think this the same way, but there's always security in the Word of God challenging you. You guys understand? Do you guys have, have security in that? That those challenges that, that God brings up in our life are, are only challenges to, to get us better. Don't, don't let it get you down, you know, you're, if you're falling short. But just like, you know, I, it's just a response we should have. If you are struggling, we need to get better. Anybody get evaluations at work? Your boss says, hey, you need to get better at this. It's a long list sometimes. But what do you do in reaction to that? Get better, right? You work on it. You work on it and get better. Because sometimes, you know, the things happen in life. And I remember John sharing in the last marriage study and how they were just going through struggles, right, like we all do in, in, in marriages and and how he would get counsel from this one couple, and and they would just share. It doesn't have to be that way. And just like our lives, too, when we go through things and and ask the Lord to reveal things, and if we're constantly having challenges, but not just challenges, but struggling in those challenges, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, God has given us all things. You guys understand? He's given us all things to to... to walk with him you know ask the lord to search our heart ask the holy spirit to reveal those areas of weaknesses and struggles in our lives and we don't have to have live lives that that are falling short we have the power of god living inside of us i put a smile on your face the power of god living inside of you and god is on our side you know take comfort in that he he loves you and wants the world for you he has everlasting life waiting for you, an entrance to the everlasting kingdom, waiting for those who love Jesus. You know, it all starts with, with just fundamentals. And in the rest of the this chapter, Peter talks about how he was an eyewitness to all these things and how these aren't just fables he's talking about. He goes on to warn them about, about false teachers and false prophets and how to be ready to, the, to, to know the difference. And the only way to get to know the difference is to get to know him, right? To get to know God and, and be prepared for those things. And, but just like in our challenges in, in life, um, one, one example of this, you guys listen to Tony Evans? Anybody listen to Tony Evans? He's really cool at what he, how he talks, I guess, how he talks. But we, me and my wife went out to dinner um, the other night, and we were listening to a study, and it was on marriage. But it pertains to life, I think, and and just how he he had trouble in his house where there was uh, he had plaster walls, and they were developing cracks in the walls, and so he called the plaster guy right to come fix it, and he came and fixed it, and it lasted for a little while, but those cracks came up, called him again, he was kind of upset, called him again to come out and fix it, and the guy fixed it, and. Uh, Days later, a month later, the, the cracks got worse. The cracks developed more cracks. And kind of upset, he calls another guy. And the guy comes in and sees, you know, the cracks. And 
looks at, at Tony Evans and says, you know, the, the problem isn't your cracks. And he's like, what do you mean? The cracks are right there. And it's kind of easy to, to just see the, the visual stuff, right? But he was saying, you know, I can't help you with your cracks because the problem is, is anyone guess? The foundation. The foundation of his home that was causing the cracks. And I, I, took, I took away from that. You know, it applies to marriage very much so, but it applies to our lives too on how we get fo- focused on the cracks in our life and how we focus on all the problems. And sometimes those problems develop more problems because our foundation is struggling. And what's our foundation? Just developing a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's, that's a challenge that we have every day to not focus on the things going on in our life, but focus on our relationship with him, and he will get us through those challenges. Amen? Every day, just focus on him. It all, it all starts with the fundamentals. If we are constantly, you know, um, focus on him, um, not that everything will be peachy king, right? But he will, we have that confidence that God is with us. And, and that brings joy to me that, that I know God's with you guys and that he's going to lift you guys up. Okay, let's pray, guys. Uh, Lord, we come before you. Lord, just thanking you so much Lord, for our time, Lord, and being able to get in your word and, and to just hear from you. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for just the opportunity that we have to, to even talk with you. I, I know I say that a lot, but it's just uh, wonderful how we can do that, how you hear us, how you hear our cries, how um, you hear our prayers, Lord, every day. Uh, praying, Lord, for, for my brothers and sisters here, Lord, not knowing what they're going through, Lord, but I pray that they, they not focus on, on that, Lord, on those problems, Lord, but they focus on you and just that foundational truth, Lord, how uh, we need you like never before, Lord. Help me, Lord, help us to um, point others to you, to, to give counsel, Lord, through your word, and to just love each other by pointing each other to you. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for our time, and just praying for everyone here. I thank you, Lord, for all those who, who trust in you, who call upon your name, Lord, who have been saved uh, by the blood of Jesus. And also praying, Lord, for anyone who, who's here, Lord, and does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior. I pray that they have heard uh, something today that, that makes them curious or, or makes them want what you have given to us, that, that grace and peace, that eternal life, that, that, that eternal life with you, Lord that saving grace Lord, that washes away all our sins Lord, I pray they give their lives to you Lord and I just thank you so much Lord, for, for blessing our time with us as we go Lord and to you be the glory in Jesus name we pray Amen We hope you were encouraged by this study If you have any questions please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414 Remember that Jesus loves you.